everyone. I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, well today we are going to be talking a bit about sleep in the time of this pandemic. I know sleep is an issue for many of us just in a baseline time, but with the stress of the news and the overwhelm for many of us of job changes and kids being home, sleep has become a challenge. I know it has been for me. So we're going to be talking about some of the things that are helping us, that are hurting us, um, in terms of our sleep prep. And BJ is going to be talking with us about the correlation between being a highly sensitive person. Um, She'll do some education on whether or not that might be you. Um, Introversion and social anxiety and trauma. So um, this is in relation to some conversations we've been having in the Facebook group. So we hope you'll enjoy that. But Rue, how has your self care been going in the last week? Oh, it's been going okay. You know, we're still doing social distancing Uh and we have still not yet gotten our results, um, our COVID results. Which is so insane. It is, it is, uh, it concerns me because it means to me that the country is two weeks behind on, just on numbers. Um, Outside of that, so we've been doing – so my birthday was yesterday, and we had – I had friends uh, just show up in my front yard and stay 20 feet away and sing me a song, which is nice. (laughs) Um, sweet. And, you know, I've been trying to connect with friends via – zoom or facetime um but otherwise yeah it's been it's been okay i mean i i would give myself i would give myself an average rating which i think is good considering the kind of climate we're living in right now how about you yeah i mean i would say it's it's up and down i mean i had a really rough end of the week last week um my kids started more in earnest with the distance learning, which mm. has required quite a bit of supervision for me, and I'm trying to work full time. Um, so that's yes. Been in fact, really stressful. I think I think I mean it almost seems like all of this distance learning is under the assumption that every child in every home has access to a computer. And so my children are sharing a computer and it's work. You know, I'm kind of thinking, do I need to buy them all Chromebooks right now? Or like one's on an iPad, one's on a computer, one's like waiting to be on the computer. Well, Um, you know what? I'm, I I mean, I will say to that question and I want to I want to tread lightly here because I realize that everyone's finances are in upheaval. They truly are. Um, and yes. this is not the time to be, you know, recommending people go buy pricey things. But I will say this if you are listening and you're dealing with that or for you, Rue, um, you knew you can get Chromebooks for like $129. Now, that may not be feasible for some people right now, but I feel like if you can swing it, it's so worth every kid having their own device. Hmm. Like mine do. We do you we have just, one that have do you cheapy. do you do you have one that you like best? Well, um, I wouldn't. I'm not even going to say what I like best. Listen, I, in my opinion, and people could disagree with me. A Chromebook is a Chromebook. You know what I'm saying? They're not right. built for memory. They're not built for graphics. They're built to literally open a Chrome browser and be able to do the things that you do on Chrome, right? So, mm. um. I just think they're all the same. I think it really doesn't matter. I think you can get a cheapy Chromebook. I had actually sent a link to a friend, and I'll link it up in our show notes um, to a Chromebook that was like 129 bucks. I mean, you can, you know, they can be more expensive than that. Sure. Um, but I think for a child, if you can swing it, again, I I want to recognize that not everybody can just throw 130, 150 dollars at a problem. But if you can swing it. I really think it will help people stay sane. So I will link up to a couple different affordable Chromebooks in our show notes. 
That'd be great. And just one one other note to piggyback off that. If you find yourself in a place where you have multiple children and you need access to a device or you only have one child and you, the only device you have is the one that you need to work on, I know a lot of school districts are loaning out yes. their school's uh, devices as well. So that's something to uh, check in with your child's teacher about. Yeah, absolutely. Our school did hand out Chromebooks. Oh, that's great. Uh, Because, yeah, there's no way that my kids could be pulling this off if they didn't each have their own. There's just no way. Mm. Because they're they're being asked to be on Zoom meetings like almost every hour at the same time. Oh, my – yes. And the – I, I know I still haven't converted you to TikToks yet, even though I continue to send them to you. Um, but I'm going to be honest. I have been I have been watching TikTok. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I saw that you, <laughs> you had been posting about Tiger King. So I sent you a Tiger King TikTok that, was that I could so not relate funny. to at all. But I said, I bet, I bet this will track for Kristen. So that's why <laughs> that I sent so that to funny. you. But yes. If, if you have a smartphone and you are looking for cheap self-care, I still recommend TikTok. I don't rec- necessarily recommend it for children, but for me, a 37-year-old who enjoys giggling by herself, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super into it. Sorry, well, we were talking about how your self-care has been. I know. Although I'm going to say one more thing about TikTok. TikTok. I have a dilemma at present in that my daughter does TikTok, and <laughs> she's actually pretty good at it. She's really funny, but... Recently, I found one that she had done where she used curse words, but they were part of the song. <laughs> now, she's not sure, using right. another caveat about TikTok. There are entirely too many white kids on TikTok using the N-word because they're lip syncing to a song. This needs to stop. My daughter was not doing that, but she did say the B word and the F word like lip synced, but it was also <laughs> really funny. And I'm like, ah. I'm 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 torn here. Yes. So my youngest daughter loves that speech in Cool Runnings, that like that pep talk where it's I see pride, I see power. And in it she says, you know, bad ASS. And uh there's part of me that's like, oh no, my kid shouldn't say that. But part of me that's like, but it's such a great it's such a great like she's <laughs> empowering. Like she doesn't, and also she doesn't mean like like when your daughter does TikToks, she's not being malicious, you know? No, she wasn't being malicious. She was. It was like a TikTok about like she's in a coma, but Tom Holland comes to visit her, and the nurse is like she's asleep, <laughs> oh, and then she's like, "I know, I'm do you up. know that one? Yeah, be I'm be up, up, be I'm yeah. up." The and then the f, but she says the, the f, actual yeah. word. So it was funny, but I was like, I don't know. I'm just gonna let it slide. I, I'm yeah, letting a lot just... of things slide right now. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, your mileage may vary, obviously, but I, that's, I, I would probably let that slide, but perhaps uh, a, a, another parent would not. So I know. But yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like I'm doing well. I think that there are some practices that I need to keep in place. Like, I've been trying to do Zoom meetings with friends, you know, um, our neighbors, we have sort of like, put out, um chairs in the street, you know, really distance from each other, but we'll each bring our own drinks. So nobody's touching, nobody's sharing food. And we'll just kind of sit in a very wide circle in the middle of the street. Um, Stuff like that makes me feel normal, you know, makes me feel like the world is not just, you know, all happening inside my house, getting outside. You know, those are the things that are helping. But yeah, our school just got pushed out to May um, 1st. Uh, Yeah. At the least, so well, we were we were we had we had to go to the school and we had to put you know kids' last name on a piece of paper and stick it in the window and every parent had to pop the trunk and people in gloves were delivering the contents of your child's desk and sticking yeah. it in the trunk. So they had so but that, sad. And I understand, like they need stuff to they need stuff to to do schoolwork, but that just felt so very final, that you know, does. like like all of your belongings are like all of your school belongings in in garbage bags with you know your name attached, and it, that 
That's uh, I was so talking to, sad. Uh, yeah, no, I was talking to a couple moms, and they're like, you know, you know what? I cried. Like that was yeah. that 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 is really emotional. Um, and so, but it's super cute. Uh, the principal is still doing daily announcements and just Ours emailing is too. it. Yeah, yeah, uh, or like doing we- uh, birthday shoutouts, which Ours I think is, is really too. so yeah, cute. I think that's really sweet. Yeah, yeah, I think that gives them a sense of normalcy. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, I feel for all of the seniors right now who oh. like proms and graduations and you know award ceremonies are just like everything's being canceled and this like important year in their life that just that one kills yeah. me yeah i mean this is on a on a lesser our our town is a little bit unique in that um the grades are you know without divulging too much of my child my children's privacy but the grades are extended so you know you don't leave you know when you usually leave elementary school or middle school at a certain grade they don't do that in this town so this is the last year that all three of my kids are in the same school together mm-hmm. and my eldest is graduating and uh you know it was it's it kind of emotional like even the first day of school i was like oh this is the last year that my three kids will ever be in totally. the same school together and you know my eldest is missing like graduation and the play and you know just all this stuff that you know means a lot and so my kids still have hope that they're going back to school and i am i am okay with that because what i i think it's like too much too much to handle at once uh-huh. so like right now we're handling doing school from home and yep. if we do not go back to school this year that's another thing that we'll have to yeah we'll cross that bridge when we get to it so totally how are you doing just with that the stress of like the test looming you know what i mean like are are you obsessing over the results or are you have you just kind of resigned i mean you're healthy now so i guess that yeah, initial stress I, I, is not well right and 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 um you know the my kids are too and the ones that um you know originally and we talked about this last week the concern is that like my kids is this an asthma flare-up for my kids or is right. this covid because the medicine that i would give for one is a very bad medicine for the other right Thankfully, everyone's fine. And now uh, I'm not anxious. I'm just worried about the country. I'm like, if this is, uh, you know, so I called and I spoke with the doctor's office and I was like, (laughs) that TikTok where they're like, hey, hey. No. Well, if someone, maybe someone else. Okay. You know what? Let your daughter listen to that little clip of me saying that and she'll she'll go, uh, oh, yeah. How y'all doing? Okay. So anyway, I called my doctor and the doctor said, well, I know they originally told you five days, but now we're being told it's going to be probably we're looking at two weeks for results, which is bananas to me. I mean, I, I I get it, I guess, but it is that is that is banana. So now I am no longer thinking about COVID because my kids are fine and I'm right. fine. We're still obviously self isolating, but I am nervous uh, about the world at large. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if I were you at this point, with everyone healthy, I would be hoping, I would be wishing that. I did have it because then I would just not have to worry about it as much. That's going right. Forward. No, no, totally. If 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 the idea is that once you get it, you're good, uh, like you know, chickenpox, then uh, that would that would definitely be because I feel I feel healthy now. Like I could probably, if it, if it were not for you know the uh, quarantine snacking I've been doing, I could probably go run a mile right now. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm I'm probably back to a hundred percent. So yeah. yeah. That's good. Well, I'm glad that you guys are at least healthy. That takes yeah, a lot of the stress out of it. How is your asthma? Much better this week. Much, oh, much good. better. Oh, good. So, oh, good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and, you know, and then there's that weird thing, too, of like, because it's so much better, it's like, maybe I did have it. Make like, like, maybe I had a light case of it, you know? Right. Not right. a light case that's not a thing, but a, a, a low symptom case. Sure. You know? Um, I don't know. I'll never know <laughs> unless know. they figure oh out gosh. some antibody tests. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Well, what about two thumbs up? What do you have for this week? Well, my two thumbs up, I decided to talk about products that I that are helping me with my myriad of Zoom meetings. I don't know if yes. anyone else oh, good. Oh, good. is having to work with Zoom. But um, I, have, I had a meeting yesterday on Zoom. I had one today on Zoom. So um, I have a couple things that are helpful for Zoom. Um, number one is a ring light. 
Do you have a oh, ring light? Oh, I never thought about – no, and I never thought to have a ring light for a Zoom meeting, but that must make your face look amazing. Well, it does. It makes your face look nice, but also that way you're not having to worry – like prior to me getting the ring light, it would be like – well, I can only do Zoom meetings like during a certain hours of the day because once it gets dark outside, my room's too dark. Like, you know, and then right. you're just like a shadowy figure in the dark <laughs> during your meeting. So the nice thing about a Zoom um, or I mean a, a ring light is that you can just – it doesn't matter what time of day. So I have one that clips on my desk. And so I just turn it on and it just lights my face and it's very flattering light. You can kind of, you can up the warmth or dial it down. And then the particular um, ring light I got, which I'll link to in the show notes and in the Facebook group, it also has a clip for your phone. Like, oh, and an expandable arm for your phone so that if you were using your phone instead of your desktop, you're not having to hold your phone for the duration of the, mo- of the meeting. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about prime lighting for selfies. That's what I assumed you were oh. about to say. Well, I but mean, no, that, you're talking that helps about. Too. <laughs> oh, cool. So that helps. Um, I actually have three thumbs up, not two. Um, the oh. second is um, a webcam because, like, I don't know about other people, but like, my desktop doesn't even have a camera on it. Um, my laptop does, but I don't like doing Zoom meetings on a laptop. I use my desktop, like with the big monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a clip-on webcam. So it just sits up at the top of my computer, clips on, and it it's like really nice HD quality. So that yeah, helps. I have I have one too, and it's mine's a few years old, so it's probably not as nice as the one that you're going to link to. But I do like it because I've noticed that the times where just like my Mac. Uh, video will come on versus this external camera. It's just a, a much, much better quality. And for if no other reason, except for like you feel like you're presenting as yourself when you're yes. in a Zoom meeting, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a real human, not just, you know, a stack of dryer lint, which is what I feel like, I don't know, other video, uh, the regular camera built in can make you look super furry. Totally. Yeah. And I, do, I, also, I, I also like the fact that, you know, when you have it clipped on, it's at like a nice flattering angle. Whereas if you're looking at <laughs> a laptop you're kind of like looking down into it like getting job of the hut chin you know it's just like all nostril yeah yes and and the you know the one that's on my computer it's like a little bit from a distance like it's not too far but it just i don't know it just feel it feels like you look much better with with um you know a nice high def camera instead of like staring into your laptop that's you know on your lap yes Um, And then the last thing is, you know, it's helpful if you wear headphones during a Zoom meeting or this is all true for Facebook or or, I mean, FaceTime or Google Hangouts. Um, But, you know, it's nice to wear headphones so people aren't getting their voice echoed back to them. Um, But, you know, I can't use my iPhone headphones because my iPhone headphones have the that new like iPhone jack. Right. They're like. So um, I got this pair of headphones. They're from Paw. They're called Silk Sound, and they look like a headband. Oh, cute. They're really thin. So you almost can't see that I'm wearing them, but they still are like, you know, your traditional over-the-ear headphones because I have a whole thing about earbuds, too. Like, they really start to bother me after a few minutes. Um, and they are – they you can use them wireless, but you can also – it comes with a plug, so you can plug it right into your computer. Oh, got it. So in case, like, you didn't charge them or whatever, you exactly. are not or, out or, of luck. Like, I don't even know how to I, – I, I'm sure it's not hard, but I don't know how to pair wireless headphones to my computer. So I just use them plugged in. Oh, got it. Yeah. Well, if you ever want a tutorial, you and I can get on a Zoom. I I'll know, show you we how should. to. <laughs> you, sh- you know what? You should just do a t- t- tutorial. Like, I feel like we're all doing tutorials now for each other because nobody knows how to do anything. I did – today, I did a tutorial on how to color your roots from home. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I know. And people have been asking in the Facebook group for me to do the soap browse tutorial, which is I mean, how we, I – Listen, we all just have my... to teach each other right now. It it tr- it truly feels like uh, Oregon Trail times, you know. It's totally. like totally. It's like we got to ford the river. Don't get dysentery. Show each other how to do eyebrows mm-hmm. and yep. uh, you know color your own roots. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah. Speaking of, by the way, I cut my kids' hair like all by oh, myself. Oh, and how did that I, go? 
It went really, really well. Thankfully, yeah. they didn't want anything nuts like a bunch of layers. And it was it was super easy. That said, I will, of course, continue to support like every hairstylist. And I know oh, yeah. the time is hard for them right now. But also, in the meantime, while you're yeah. quarantined, if your kids still need, still need haircuts, like a YouTube video and a good pair of scissors and you two go. golden. Um, cool. Okay, my thumbs up. Uh, one is also work related. I feel like as a someone who has been working from home for a million years, I am. Uh, I I already know that people have perhaps underestimated how much sitting they'll be doing now working from home especially if there are only like 20 steps between your desk and your fridge you can Mm -hmm. go an entire day (laughs) without or you can like just get in the zone because if you're working in the office there's like water cooler talk or you're like you know there's there's there are natural breaks when you're working from home it's very easy to kind of be in a cave and like emerge and you're like what what year is it you know have i have i eaten have i only just been shoving tortilla chips into my mouth and pretending that's a meal so i love a time cube uh one because it doesn't require um you know a screen and it's just a cube that sits on your desk and let's say i want like 15 minutes i just turn it to the number 15 is the top oh my god and it'll beep when 15 minutes is over i'll do it for 30 i'll do it for 45 or i'll do it for an hour and i'll say okay i'm gonna work on this task for this amount of minutes and then i'm going to physically get up away from my desk and go do something else and that keeps me from getting into this zone where i am just hunched over like a gargoyle for hours and hours on end so i really like that um i'll link to that and then also this is for you know um my daughters love this book i know your daughters love this book it's guts by Raina telgemeier so good and um, it's a graphic novel, and I really like Raina Telgemeier. And so right she's now, the one who wrote Sisters, um, drama, drama. Yeah, my girls smile. love her books. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, what I like about this book is I think a lot of kids, whether whether they're hiding it or you know whether they're they're being forthcoming about it or not, are maybe dealing with a little bit of anxiety yeah, right now. Sure. Like this is a strange a strange new world. They're out of their routines. They're not seeing their friends. And um, I think that guts just kind of shows that it's okay to be scared or anxious and does it in a really really thoughtful way. And I just it's just it's such a nice read. I think Raina Telgemeier is just brilliant i would i would buy every single one of her books she cannot she cannot make books fast enough for our for our our family so um you know i I think that's a good i think that's a good read for you know Mm -hmm. uh, what age range would you think like i don't know if anywhere from eight to what 15 yeah yeah i mean i would even say a little younger if they're good readers Mm. yeah Yeah. cool yeah and so those are my those are my two for the week a graphic novel and the uh the timer Awesome. Well, let's hear from BJ. Hey there. Here we are again. How's everyone holding up? It's been a interesting kind of a roller coaster week for me. Um, and I kind of get the sense it has been for you guys too. I want to do something a little different today or a little in addition to kind of answering the questions that you had on the community page. I'd also like to do a little experiential exercise with you. I want to start by having you in a moment, you can pause the podcast for a moment. Um, I want you to grab two pieces of paper and on one of them, I want you to write down everything that you're feeling, every feeling that you're having good and bad, because we can have both at the same time. And we're all feeling a lot of different feelings right now. So I want you to just write down every emotion that you're having today. And then on the other sheet of paper, I want you to make a list of all the things that you wish you had time to do. All those things that you thought you were going to do on the front end of this before it got so bad. Um, Whatever they are, the things that you wish you had time for, I want you to just make a list of them. And just hang on to those. If you think of more during the segment, you can add to it. And at the end, I'm going to have you do something with those. So I got a few... um, responses from people on the community page that all kind of came together about a a couple of different topics, maybe three topics altogether. The first one was navigating grief. And the truth is we're all experiencing grief. And some people only think of grief in relationship to death. 
But the reality is anytime we experience a loss of anyone, anything, grief avails itself to us. And there's a lot to be grieved in just losing our normalcy the way we have. Somebody also talked about wanting to know how to support the caregivers. Her boyfriend is caring for his elderly parents who have both tested positive with the coronavirus. And there, he's scared and she's not really sure how to support him. And the answer, honestly, is going to be in understanding this grief process and passing information along to him, but also understanding it yourself will help you better support him in figuring things out. Also, the things that I'm going to share about reactions and our, our being reactionary in this will also be helpful in that situation as well. So there are a lot of different things about grief. One of the things I'm experiencing is anticipatory grief. I'm anticipating how bad this is going to get. And I've spoken before about the fact that my son is a charge nurse in an emergency department of a pretty significant hospital here in Southern California. And um, there's several things about this that I, I'm not super frightened of. I'm not I don't want him to get it, and I'm, I worry about him getting it because sustained exposure is the primary reason for contamination. Um, but he's in the ER, so he isn't likely to have extended exposure. They're going to be transitioned into ICU very quickly or out of the emergency room very quickly. He's exposed in other ways. He's exposed in ways that he can't predict, but he's got what right now what he needs to protect himself. So that part doesn't scare me too much. But the trauma he will experience when this thing peaks, and I look at the stories in New York of the emergency rooms that are so overloaded, and those health caregivers are exhausted, and I think about my boy going through that and what that's going to be like for him, and the anticipation of that is exhausting when I allow myself to think about it. And I'll be honest, I don't allow myself to think about it very often, and I realized I realized this past week because I wasn't giving space for it, I was carrying a lot of that as an undercurrent. And one day this week, it all came out sideways for me. And I'll get into that in a little bit. I was talking with a friend today. I did a Zoom call with a couple of my girlfriends. And I was saying, you know, I'm, I almost feel like being in it would be easier than anticipating it has been. And I wish I had a fast forward button so we could just get there. And she said, oh, but think about it. The longer it takes for this to peak, the more opportunity there are for more ventilators to be built, more gowns and masks to be produced and distributed to the hospitals. And just that thought alone gave me such a profound level of peace that I've not had. And honestly, I had heard yesterday that we might not peak till April 30th, and my immediate thought was, I can't wait that long. And now I'm realizing, oh, no, this is what flattening the curve looks like. And we may have flattened it pretty significantly in Southern California. I also looked at the numbers today for the first time in a while, since early last week or mid last week. And we are slowing down quite a bit in spite of all the people that have refused to go home and stay off the beaches and the trails to the point that we had to close all of them to get them to comply. Um, I've loved how diligent our state has been, but I know there are other states that are still struggling with people not taking this seriously and the government's not closing things down quickly enough. Um, we actually in California closed down before New York did, and they were already a hot spot at that point. So um, we feel, I, I feel a little bit safer around all of it. But anticipating the grief has been really difficult. And the last time I experienced that was between the time I was diagnosed with breast cancer and the time I had my surgery. I realized this week it's the same feeling that I had. And it's just this, I'm a power through or I can power through. In fact, I def default to powering through and over-functioning when there's stress and crisis. And I couldn't. And I haven't been able to this time either. Part of that is I'm pretty conscious about not doing that. Part of it is I don't have it in me. And I'm just feeling like my bandwidth 
is very narrow and I'm easily, at least inside my brain, very overwhelmed. I feel like I have more on my plate than I do. What's on my plate feels urgent, even when it's not. And it just feels like too much all the time. And that's what overwhelm feels like for me. So the solutions to dealing with grief are a lot of the things we've talked about before. Um, The very first thing is we want to bring ourselves back into the present because grief is a form of fear and fear keeps us either in the past or the future. And so coming back to the present breathing, we've talked about the the state breathing app um, that we've made available on the Facebook page, knowing how to bring breath into your body in an effective way and regulating the central nervous system begins to help. There are things we can do when we find ourselves really overwhelmed with the grief or the anxiety or, or the overwhelm. Ice water to your neck, the inside of your arms, any fleshy part that's sensitive. So inner arm will begin to bring you back into the present moment. Um, just speaking the date, it's March 26th. I'm to 2020. I'm 62 years old. I am here in my home in Long Beach. I'm sitting in my office on my sofa. I'm comfortable. I'm afraid, but I'm safe. In this moment, I have what I need. Just being able to bring myself verbally into the present can help. Identifying five things in the room. There's my laptop where the segment is recording. There's my microphone. There's the sofa. There's a pillow and a throw. Then identifying through your senses what you're experiencing. I can smell the fresh air coming through the open window. I can feel the throw and it's soft. The cushion on my sofa is velvety. I can taste the chocolate I had right before I started recordings. So identifying senses brings us back into our body. So anything you can do to get grounded in your body, to bring your breath back into your body, if you do yoga or meditation, call upon those skills in in these moments. Every chance you get throughout the day, take moments, especially when you begin to feel the energy escalating and rising up in you in an overwhelming or negative or agitated way. Just try to take a second and bring yourself back into the present as much as you possibly can. Identify what is within your control and let go of what isn't. We can't control this virus. I cannot keep my son well. I cannot keep it from killing people. I can't make people go home and stay inside. I can't make our government react the way I want them to. Those things are all out of my control. I can stay home. I can sanitize everything that enters my home when I have groceries delivered, when I have Amazon deliveries. I can wash my hands. I can go outside and take walks. There's things I can control. I have to focus on what I can and let go of what I can't. But more importantly, Don't spend energy on the things you can't control because there is a level of response to the things we can't control that when we're driven by fear, we will start trying to manage what we can't control. And if we can't control it, we'll start judging the people who aren't controlling it, who we think should fix it, or who we think are contributing to the problem. Stepping into that judgment makes us feel like we're in control. But it really just steals what little bit of energy we have. And we don't want to expend that in a way that isn't productive. And so spending time complaining and frustrated with what we can't control is such a waste of our precious energy. And our energy has become a really precious commodity that we want to hang on to and preserve and nurture. And so that's another way of doing it. Another way to step out of that is to step into compassion, recognizing that when people behave certain ways, it's their way of managing their own fear. People who minimize this, this that's their way of separating themselves from it. If they can convince themselves it's not a threat, then they don't have to be afraid. 
And so many people find very unhealthy ways to mitigate their fear, but they're afraid. They're afraid just like you are. So being able to step into the compassion of the fact that they're human and they're afraid and they may be making really foolish choices out of fear, but it's still fear that's driving it. And so humanizing them, stepping into your compassion will also help bring you back to the present moment and be able to let go. I recorded last weekend a video segment that is on the Selfie Podcast page on Facebook. That it, It's about 18 minutes long, but you might want to go back and watch it, where I talk a little bit about why we do this and how this manifests and ways to address it. And I tell a story about a gentleman next door and an experience that I had with him shortly before I made the recording. And I think you might really enjoy hearing that too. These are all just ways that we can address the grief. And then one last thing is just to remember it's temporary. We're not going to be in this forever. It feels like we've already been in it forever. It feels like time is dragging by, but this is temporary and there is an end game. There is an end point and we just have to keep being resilient in every way that we can reserve the energy to rise up in whatever ways we can. Another way of really speaking into the grief is repetition. We want to speak it out loud. We want to talk about it to someone if we don't have anyone to talk about it. If you're a verbal processor, talk about it to yourself. Talk out loud about it to yourself. Get in your car, drive around, and scream at the top of your lungs if you need to. If you need to just release the energy and the anger, then just find a place to do it, especially if you're someone who has a story about anger and you have a hard time expressing it or you're afraid of expressing it verbally um, because some people have been abused with anger in such a way that anger either scares them or they can't tolerate rage or yelling or screaming. But sometimes we need to explode it out of us and so that we can move past it because it takes up so much residency and grief, we're having a hard time offloading, will manifest in that anger stage. And so having a release, a safe release for it, get in your car by yourself and just scream, just blood curdle scream and get that out. And then turn on the music and sing at the top of your lungs. Use your voice to let go of some of, of the feelings that you're having. Allow space for it. A few days ago, I mentioned it earlier that I had a, a really bad day that it just kind of came out sideways. And on that day, I, it was just an undercurrent that was undeniable. And I was so agitated and irritable and no patience of any kind. My husband was feeling the same way. And there were a couple of times when my husband and I got really snippy with each other and we totally just let it be what it was without it turning into anything because we both knew that the other one was struggling and we just kind of let it slide all day. And it, and it was not anything big, but it was just, just agitation and kind of barking at each other a little bit and, and being impatient with one another. And neither of us commented on it and, and neither, nothing turned into a fight. We just kind of did it and went on and it was almost like yeah that's just how I am today and yeah that's just how you are today and I'm not going to take it personally and I hope you don't take it personally but neither of us was saying this we were just kind of experiencing it and I realized that day that 90% of it was exhaustion I was just tired of it we had a lovely friend who went grocery shopping for us and I had done a target delivery that day too and just having to wash two big bags of, of clementines and apples and every vegetable that I bought had to be washed and everything had to be cleaned. And, and it was just so frustrating and so abnormal. And I just threw a pity party for myself. I was trying to cook dinner. so overcooking. I don't cook very often. And I'm having to cook all the time. And my husband, poor thing, just does not cook. And so it falls to me. Thank God he cleans cleans everything, but I just, I'm overcooking and I was, I was tired and I was going to have to cook and I'm trying to put the groceries away and decant, decontaminate everything. And I sat down on a bar stool because I just couldn't stand any longer and I'm peeling potatoes and I was just bawling 
And I honestly, I was such an adolescent in the moment because I was feeling sorry for myself because life was hard. And I started thinking about my parents as teenagers during the Depression and how life was hard like that every day of their lives and that they had to work hard just to eat. And then I gave myself permission to say, but you know what? I don't. I don't have to live like that. And this is different for me. And it's really hard for me. I don't want to do this anymore. And I want it to be over. And I just let myself suffer. I let myself feel bad about it. I let myself feel selfish and adolescent and childish about it because it was real. And I there wasn't a reason for me to deny it and pretend I didn't feel that way. And giving myself permission to feel that way and just let it come through was really, really helpful for me. And I got a good night's sleep last that night and woke up the next day and it was a whole new day. And it's been so much better. It's not great, but it's just been better. So another thing you can do is write. Um, there's a writing protocol that I'll send to Kristen and have her put on, um, or actually I'll just put it on the community page because it's such a great place for you to get guys to get to things. That makes it easy for you. It's about a, it's a 10 minute exercise that allows you to get to something that's bothering you. And it seems really simple when you read about when you read it, but it works. It's based in science. It was developed by Dr. James Pennebaker, who is, um, he does a lot of research and studies on the effects of writing in a therapeutic process. And this is a protocol that he developed. So I'll send you that. So the other thing, that came up was exactly what I've been talking about it. And that's the reactionary responses that we're having to our frustration and our exhaustion in the 12 step communities. They use a term called halt H A L T. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you don't make serious decisions. You don't have important conversations. You don't do, you pay attention to what's going on when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. It's what we call working from a deficit. Be mindful of the fact that every day you get out of bed in the middle of this pandemic, you're starting in a deficit. Just to get to baseline, take some effort. Take the time to do the best you can to get to baseline before you ever get out of bed or before you engage with your family. It may require coffee, but it also will require you taking some extra time in the morning to put your feet on the floor, get grounded, breathe into your body, calm your central nervous system, slow your brain down. So whatever rituals you need to start, if you don't have a morning routine, start one now. I'm promising you right this minute, it will save your sanity. It allows space for you to nurture you before you have to take on taking care of everybody else. And I think it will really make a difference as you try to move through these other things. All right. Thank you, BJ. Well, one of the things we wanted to chat about in this um, time is sleep. And I don't know about you, Rue, but my sleep, my sleep's never been great. I mean, insomnia, um, anxiety-related insomnia has been a theme of most of my adult life. Um, But I will say that since this whole pandemic thing started, sleep has really been a challenge for me. No, definitely. Same for me too. And honestly, I I know, and I'm sure, you know, this is like rule number one that I'm breaking. Mm-hmm. I definitely read the news right before I go to bed. I and know. that is causing me such consternation. Me too. Um, in fact, I will say... Um, not last night, but the night before. So Monday night, um, my boyfriend and I watched 60 Minutes because um, I had some friends that were on. Brene Brown was on and my friend Laura Mays, who you're also friends with, and Mm -hmm. Karen Walrand were on talking about their friendship with Brene. And I really wanted to watch it. But prior to that segment, they did a whole segment on New York hospitals. And it was very grim. And it was very graphic. And I did not fall asleep that night until 4.30 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Just because it really, like, you know, they were talking about how few people were coming off the ventilators and they had a 21-year-old on a vent. And, you know, it's just – it's hard because obviously when you're talking with doctors and nurses at at this time who are the heroes of our day, you're going to be hearing about the worst-case scenario, right? And Sure. 
And then you start that starts feeling like, well, everyone's going to die from COVID, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. the outcome is you get on event and then most people don't come off R- rather than seeing the global picture of these are the people who've had a severe case, which is a lower percentage of much lower percentage of the general public. But anyway, nonetheless, um, watching that really set me off. What's what um, are you finding is the thing that keeps you up? Oh, you know, I think it is just I I find that I'm getting some uh, like righteous anger as well mm. um, in regards to people who are just ignoring every uh-huh. every guideline for self-isolation. And you and I had just been talking about how even, you know, religious leaders still encouraging, you know, packed church services or, you know, people who who frankly have have others counting on them for guidance are just being absolutely reckless. Yes. And that I, I'll get super hot about that. And yes. then I feel like I need to I feel like I need to like I, I need to I don't know, like preach about it or, or yeah. you know, I, I mean, I could I think I, I called a friend and said, OK, first of all, I need to talk about this one a news article that I read and why I'm so furious about it. And part of me thinks it's good. To, like, I, I definitely think knowledge is good. It's super important for us to be aware. Like, I always think that I should be informed. But there is like there I, I need to have a, a cutoff time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to have a cutoff time because I will just stew or feel like I need to write some sort of manifesto. Yes. And I, yeah, I'm feeling that too. I've developed some really negative habits in this time because I feel like at night, it's like the kids finally go to bed and then I want to catch up on the day. And I almost developed this, I did develop, not almost, I did develop this routine where I would, I'd go and check Twitter to see what the news was, right? Like what's trending, who, who, what new celebrity has the virus, what city's on lockdown, what governor is doing what. And then I would go and check my local Orange County Health Department. They, they every day list the new cases, new deaths, ages, demographics. I'd go check that. And then I had a habit of Googling COVID and asthma because as an asthmatic, there's just, there hasn't been a ton of info other than just this sort of cryptic like, yeah, you'll probably get it pretty bad if you get it. Yeah, yes. Oh, yes. And so I keep looking for data. I, you know, it's like, and, and I know all of this is me trying to control my environment or control what feels out of control by just like information and knowledge, I do believe in general is power. The problem is we don't have a lot of information and I'm scratching an itch that I can't scratch. Yeah. No, you know what? That's a really good point is that we are getting a lot of news, but we're not getting like a lot. We're seeing a lot of data, but we're also just hearing a lot of conjecture. Yes. And that is probably that is probably bad for all of us. I, I So I have recently started a no phone in my bedroom rule. Very smart. Which is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Because for the longest time I said, but I like to listen to music or I like to, uh, I need an alarm. And so I ended up getting one of those, I got a, an echo. So I don't have to yes. so I can t- set yes. an alarm. I can listen to relaxing music and I am not checking Twitter and angrily reading uh, news articles about, um, you know, our our climate. <laughs> yes, totally. I think I need to do the same thing. And I think I need to give myself a curfew on reading about COVID, you know, like, I, because I don't, you know, it's like, is the news that I read at 10.30 p.m. really going to make a difference for me if I just wait and read it the next morning? Right, right. No. I- but it's like, there's this compulsion to like, before I go to bed, I got to get a handle on everything. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. It's like, because there's always something new. And I was saying before, and especially a few weeks ago, when things were like, it was new, like, okay, it looks like it looks like school's gonna close. Um, I felt like I would check Twitter every hour and just kind of cringe in anticipation because Mm -hmm. something I was gonna see something terrible. So what I have done is I've cut myself off from the news. um, Because like, I like you like to listen to uh, what is it? The Daily? That, that's your part of your morning routine, it is. which we can we can talk about. But yeah. my evening routine now is I do not I do not have my phone in my bedroom, and I try to have some sort of relaxing. I have a relaxing routine that involves reading an actual book and 
excessive moisturizing. <laughs> oh. Which, so I also, by the way, do you, do you use Spotify or do you use something else? I use Spotify. Okay. I have a couple of great playlists. Ooh, One you must is share. called... One is called uh, Coffee and Contemplation for after nice. your, your morning coffee, but I also have Slow Jams, um, and, <laughs> which is which I think is nice to relax to for uh, evening time. So I've created some playlists of music that I like, and this is, by the way, this is another shout out to your TikToking daughter, where I can just, you know, vibe in my bedroom and get ready for bed. Totally. Um, and I, I will listen to a little music. I'll read a book, and I will do my. I'll do like I'll. I'll already have washed my face, but then next to my bed, I keep um, like face oils, which I just nice. sounds dumb. But I keep face oils next to my bed, and I keep my little my teeny little jade roller, um, just because the massage feels good. Um, you know, with your you have TMJ too. So yes, uh, and I just kind of I'm just. I'm just polite. I'm just nice to myself for yeah. a few minutes at the end of the day, and I am not um, just crowding my brain with New York Times stories and you know tweets and you know texts from relatives about whether or not I'm you know whether or not the Amazon package I'm holding is going to kill me. Do you know totally. what I mean? Totally. Yep. And, and, you know, I think a big part of it is just that constant reminder to yourself that, like, that news will be there the next day. You know, like, we don't have to intake it in all at night. Um, yeah, I have – one of the things that I'm struggling with, too, in terms of my evening routine is my kids are staying up later than normal because it's not a school night, technically. Oh, oh mine are, too. And I'm like, I don't know what happened, but there yeah. was a time in my life where my kids were, like, in bed, and not sleeping, but re in bed reading by 8 o'clock. And now, lately, I've, like, I'm like, you guys are still up. You're going to tuck me in. Like, kiss me before you go to bed because I'm already going totally. to bed. I don't know what to – I've lost complete control of too. our family schedule. Yes. I have too because there's – you know, they're like, well, we can start school later or whatever. And, you know, it's like I think my kids, they want a little escape too. You know, and it used to be that we would maybe watch like 30 minutes – of television on a school night. Like, I'm pretty strict about it, you know? So we would watch an episode of The Good Place or something. Now it's, like, a whole movie every night. Like, an entire movie. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, like, this is all... Like, we're going through it. But I really oh, think yeah. our, our, our kids are definitely going yeah. through it, too. I'm not worried it, it, about it for them yeah. at all. It's just My, more that I want them asleep so that I... I don't feel like I know how to relax until they're asleep. And I need to figure that out. Yeah, no, I'm there too because I'm just like if you know what it is, it feels like I'm on call. Yes, like yes. like my beep my beeper's gonna go off at yep. any moment, and someone's totally. going to need something, which is why I need them to be in their little beds totally. and asleep before I'm like. So maybe that's what I need to do is I need to get my kids' evening routines going like back to where they were as well. Which I yeah. definitely want to let them sleep in. That's one plus is they don't have to be on the bus super early. Um, but yeah, my uh, my kids like watching really old episodes of Cake Boss, which. <laughs> Which is very uh, – and they're like, oh, come on. Just like one more episode of Cake Boss or like one more YouTube video about like snakes eating other snakes. And I um, I think I need to cut off like, – I need to end screen time for them at some yes. point too. I think I need to do the same and just push everything earlier. I mean, we don't have sports to go to. So it's – you know, we're – I think my family's used to like we'll, you know, gather around about 7.30 p.m., and like watch a show. And I think I just need to like, okay, dinner's over. If you're going to watch an entire movie tonight, it starts now. Like it's yeah. 6.30. Yeah, no, I think that's smart. Or we'll do a rule where I'll say, okay, like if you want to watch something, fine. But at least like brush your teeth and go put on your jammies yeah. now just to get them into the mode. And also I discovered one of my kids, like it was four in the afternoon and I had been working. And I was like, why are you you're, – you're still in pajamas. And she's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I think they're they're so out of sorts that once oh, I get them on a totally. routine, I will I will also get on a routine too. You know what's bad when you start asking questions like, "Have you changed your underwear? When is the last time oh, you actually I showered?" I I actually forget. I don't remember seeing your hair wet. Same. My kids are in their pajamas all day. They're just fully living that like pajamas <laughs> all day homeschool life. So. Ooh. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. My kids, uh, one of my kids had just been wearing a onesie with the hood up and like emojis all over it and fuzzy slippers. And I, I think like right now it's okay. I think there's a lot of grace for this is just like a grace period. Yeah. But at some point I'm like, okay, remember when we showered and all looked presentable and did chores and went to bed at a decent hour? I think that's maybe that's the key for us too is, is getting our kids in bed. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and then I did want to give a recommendation for an app that um, used to be a paid app and it is now free um, and it's Simple Habit, um, which is it's it's, you know, a mindfulness slash meditation app. And it's really a nice oh. one to go to sleep to. Um, is it like story is it like med- like med- like spoken meditation to fall asleep to or? Yes. And. All, all. Got They've got, got all, all kinds of stuff. Um, but they gave me a code to give to our readers. And it's a bit complicated. So I'm going to make you guys go to either the show notes or the Facebook group to get it, um, to get that link. But it's free. You don't have to give your credit card. It's like no strings attached free. Oh, I like um, that. I'm going to download that. Yeah. And it's a good one. It's a good one to go to sleep to. Um, and then, you know, listening to audiobooks um, as you're falling asleep, preferably, you know, peaceful ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also I know that you and I um, are on opposite ends when it comes to skincare because all I want to do is look like my face is wet all day. Yeah. But I really want to recommend the 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 soothing power of just like rubbing a face oil onto your face. So I have. Oh, yeah. Um, I had I was using, you know, like that really fun, cute, fancy uh skincare brand drunk elephant it's like super trendy oh i love drunk elephant yeah yeah lo- love drunk elephant so they have this marula oil yes. and i put it on my face and it feels so wonderful it is absurdly expensive uh-huh. and so and the, it only has one ingredient marula oil exactly so i so amazon has marula oil in a bottle that is not nearly as cute for like i don't know one fiftieth of the cost oh totally. and so i i ordered it now, to be fair, like there's some, you know, it's like, oh, it's cold pressed, extracted, you know, uh-huh. top danced on by whomever. Sourced from the rainforest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, plucked by virgins. And um, it, uh, I will say the drunk elephant one definitely feels nicer. It's, it's definitely feels nicer, without a doubt. It doesn't feel like $80 nicer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in order to uh, give myself the aesthetic of the drunk elephant marula oil, but the um, the, the price point, fisc- that- the fiscal <laughs> responsibility of the Amazon marula oil, I I take it out of the ugly packaging and I just dump it in the drunk elephant one. And I, I love that, that you my, do that. That is so funny. I have I have that on my dresser because I think that the, the reason why I love marula oil so I think I honestly it's probably like fifty percent packaging for me. Oh, because That's, it's in this like nice glass container with a glass dropper. It's so it nice, so pretty. Right, yeah. right. I feel that way about like the Uma oils too, which is like there is no way on any planet that I'm going to pay two hundred and fifty dollars for like a tablespoon worth of magic oil no. unless it takes away every single wrinkle and like gives me a six pack yeah. but so uh, I definitely like I, I will link to, you know what? I will link to the fancy one and I will link to the super cheap one and um, if anyone just feels incredibly bored and wants to do like a double blind test uh, they can, that would be they fun yeah, I mean, I actually – so my, the, our babysitter is someone I've known just uh, for forever. And ages ago when I first bought the cheap marula oil and the nice marula oil, I was like, close your eyes and hold out both hands. And I like rubbed it on the back of each hand just to see if like it was like my brain telling uh-huh. me that the nicer, the expensive one was nicer. And I was like, which one's nicer? She goes, hmm. And she said, this one feels nicer. And it was definitely the drunk elephant one. So without a doubt, the drunk elephant one feels nicer. It just doesn't feel $80 nicer. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know. I don't know. I don't know what is eighty dollars nicer. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's how I feel about like generic seltzer and look versus Lacroix. Totally. Like, Lacroix isn't like twenty cents a can nicer than Costco. Costco seltzer, you know. Totally. Totally. Well, I think we should continue this conversation in our selfie Facebook group because I'm sure we're not the only ones dealing with, you know, disrupted or even, you know, stressful nighttime habits that are keeping us from sleeping well. So um, I hope you guys will pop over there and talk to us about how you're sleeping. 
You know what we should do too is I would love mainly because I'm a nosy person. We should I wanted to, I want to see a picture of your nightstand. Ooh, and that's I, a you good sh- one. You, I think you showed me yours a million years ago, and it was like you had like not like a retainer on it, but you were like, "This is the unsexiest collection of stuff that uh, I own." It's not like, a retainer, Rue. It's a night guard. Okay, <laughs> I'm. I'm so sorry. Mine, if I took, I, I will clean mine up before I show it to you guys because mine is just a collection, just a complete collection of half empty, half empty cups. It's yes. just like, it's like 12 water cups and half a green tea. It is, this is familiar. It is very upsetting. I yes. do not know how I live my life like this, but I think, I think that'd be fun to share in the Facebook group or maybe on like Instagram stories. I love that idea. Okay. So pop over there, tell us how you're sleeping and take a picture of your nightstand. <laughs> Cool. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at selfiepodcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.